0: Appreciate that. Thank you for that. And uh, they'll be back here this evening as well. And brother, uh, brother Jones will be preaching this evening. But if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Romans chapter ten. And uh, I haven't, I haven't got to preach all month long. That's not entirely true. I haven't got to preach here uh, all month long. And uh, Lord really started working on my heart to preach a me- the, this message and. Um, and so we're, we'll look forward to hearing uh, from Brother Jones this evening. Again, he did a wonderful job in Sunday school and appreciate their ministry and uh, and the, uh, the unique work that God has called them to. You know, it really... There's, there's many aspects of ministry, and, uh, and one, of the, one of the things that I do appreciate and I do like about the, the Jones family, they're going to the Philippines, is uh, they're, they're helping nationals reach churches. I used to tell our churches in Peru all the time uh, when we'd preach there, I, I would tell them, look, you don't, you don't know what could happen to us tomorrow. The country could, could pull us all out and say, every missionary, out of here. And, uh, and really, American missionaries uh, do not know how long their ministry is able to last. And so uh, it is so important to train national people uh, to be involved so that if the missionaries were pulled out, hey, the work can continue forward. And, uh, and so I believe there's a great validity, a great need uh, to reaching those nationals, training those nationals uh, with the Word of God and, and the things of the Bible, how important that is. And I certainly appreciate that and look forward to hearing uh, more about that tonight and uh, and hearing from you again. But Romans chapter number 10, I want to preach on the need for missions uh, all around the world. In Romans chapter number 10, we'll look at verse number 11. Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 11. The Bible says, For the Scripture saith... Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for the privilege, the opportunity that we have to gather in your house Around your word, God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you would burden our hearts uh, for for the the need that is around the world. God, the lost people that are everywhere, that are there in the Philippines, that are uh, in every country and in every nation and in every place, uh, God, there is a great need. And God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'll speak through me. And God, that you'd touch hearts as only you can. And God, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, understand this that Jesus gave the Great Commission multiple times in the New Testament, and uh, it's not just a, a once and done job, but rather something that has to, uh, that we have to stay on top of constantly. Uh, in other words, you don't just uh, give out a gospel track one time and say, well, I did my part, I got the gospel out, and, and man, I, I'm, I'm relieved of that responsibility. It's an ongoing chore. Uh, this morning I got up, and as I do every morning, and uh, and I, I go out to make coffee, and as I, I open my bedroom door, uh, my cat is right there to greet me first thing in the morning. Matter of fact, um, I, I I don't, I don't kick the cat, okay? Uh, but I trip over the cat often. That thing just is right in my path, and I'm trying to walk to the coffee, and it's dark, and that doesn't help. And, and so I get to a light switch and flip it on. That way I can at least see the cat and try not to step on the cat. And, and I go all the way to the coffee pot, and, and I'm there, I'm, I'm getting my coffee ready, and, and I tell the cat every single morning, coffee first and then the cat, she must be a slow learner because she still hasn't picked up on it. And so I make my coffee and once I get the coffee brewing, then I'll go to the closet and on my way there, I'm tripping over the cat the whole way to the closet and, uh, and, and I have to hide the cat food in the closet. Uh, otherwise, she will rip the bag open and eat everything and my dog will happily finish up everything that she doesn't eat. So I get the cat food out and I, I scoop and I go to her dish and I, I feed the cat And you know, I feed that cat one time. Actually, I feed that cat... Multiple times throughout the day, you can't feed my cat very much because the dog will just eat everything, and and uh, when the cat's done and and uh, and the food will be gone in no time, and uh, and so I feed my cat multiple times times a day, and I I tell you that to say this that giving the gospel is something that has got to be done repetitively, time in and time out, and as we look at this passage, we need to understand that hey, the 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 gospel has got to be given to the lost and to the world over and over and over again. Maybe the difference would be this, that the, the world is not knocking on our door saying, hey, tell me how to be saved. Now that does happen. There are cases and there are scenarios where people have, been, uh, have, have heard and are interested in being saved. But by and large, the, the, the world is not uh, at our door and constantly begging us, uh, saying, hey, tell me how to be saved. And because of that, if that cat didn't trip me every morning going to my coffee, I probably would go make my coffee, go sit down and read my Bible, and not even feed the cat, to be honest with you. And how easy it is in our life to go throughout our day by day activities, never one, never once giving a thought to the lost and dying world that surrounds us every day. Because they are not knocking on our door, they are not begging us, they are not saying, "Hey, tell me how I can be saved." But yet, there is a need. And Jesus Christ has called us to fulfill that great commission and to preach the gospel to the lost and dying world. In our text this morning, as we look at this, there's a few things that I want us to notice. I want us to notice right there in verse number 11 and really verse number 13 uh, that it is a whosoever salvation. I want you to notice that in verse 13, look with me there, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. There are some people that uh, would have you to believe that salvation is limited to certain people and to, to only a certain amount of select group of people. I'm here to tell you that the Word of God says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Man, I'm grateful because I am one of those whosoever's. Uh, I, I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior. I, I took that verse and, and somebody said, hey, you can put your name in there uh, for whosoever and you can say, for if Shane Rice shall call upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved and you can plug your name into that verse and if you'll you'll trust him as your own personal Savior, you can be saved today. The Bible goes on in John 3, 16 and it says, says, for God so loved the world that, uh, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm grateful this morning that salvation is for whosoever. It's not limited to a certain select group of people. It's not limited to just the American continents. Hey, it's, it's open to everyone. I was talking, uh, I don't know when this month, and I was reminded uh, as I was talking to whoever it was that there are, there are people who think that, that Christianity is an American culture and that you're a Christian because you're born in America. There's mindsets out there in a lot of foreign countries, they think that. And they think, well, you know, Catholicism is for that country and Christianity is for this country and, and, and others for, the, for their countries. And they really believe it's just a country thing and they don't want to become uh, necessarily an American, so they kind of reject the idea of Christianity. This morning, Christianity is far greater than America. It's open for every person it's open for as our text says here in verse number 12 for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek that's one thing the apostle Paul was dealing with is sometimes the Jews would say hey the you know the salvation is for us uh the Jews and that you have to live this way and do that thing and do this thing and and God very clearly told the apostle Paul hey i've called you to go to the uh, to the rest of the world not to the Jewish people per se And so the Apostle Paul did, he went out and he preached the gospel in Ephesus and Corinth and and Colossae and and many other places that he would go and and he preached the gospel to the Greeks and to those who uh, were not of Jewish descent. He also preached many times to the Jewish people, but we find that salvation is open to every person. And I thank the Lord for that. Listen, it's not only open to every person, but every person must be born again. We heard in the adult Sunday school class that wonderful passage uh, where Jesus talks to Nicodemus and in John 3, 3, Jesus says this, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's so true. Listen, every person needs to be born again. Every person needs to be saved. We didn't read these two verses, but they're in Romans chapter 10 and verses 9 and 10. Look with me. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I absolutely love that verse because it's so crystal clear and it's so, uh, so promising. And there's two things mentioned. Uh, there's one, confession with the mouth. Now, hey, there's a lot of people and a lot of places uh, that will confess with their mouth that Jesus rose from the dead. But it's a little bit more than that. It's not just a confession. By the way, uh, the devils know that and they'll confess that as well, but they're not saved. The Bible says the second part of that, thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. A lot of people say things, but what comes out of their mouth does not line up with their life. And the Bible is very clear here that, hey, these two things have got to agree. Uh, It's got to be a a heartfelt belief and a trust and a faith in Jesus Christ and a confession to him saying, hey, God, uh, I want you to save me. In verse 13, we see, of course, that you should call on the Lord Jesus Christ. To be saved. What a wonderful verse. Listen, every person needs to know that. It's a whosoever salvation. But I want us to look at verses 14 and 15, and I want to spend uh, perhaps the bulk of our time right here. In verse number 14, the Bible says, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, I want us to notice in these two verses, verses 14 and 15, who will go? Who will go? You know, I was thinking this morning of how I can help you illustrate, or help you understand this and illustrate this. And uh, I was sitting there and thinking, and, and I thought, well, I wonder. Uh, I'm sure that uh, uh, that I've never told you about Heronimo, and you say, Heronimo, What? Heronimo? Heronimo? It's a fella. That's his name. And uh, and and he is probably a, a, just a wonderful. I was going to say probably one of the best. I don't know if I'd go that far, but he's a wonderful plumber. And you say, Heronimo? And I say, Yep, Heronimo. I can give you his number. I have it in my phone. The problem is he lives in Peru. And you probably won't be able to get through to him. And if you do, you probably won't be able to communicate him. Uh, but, but, but if he would come, I'm sure he wouldn't be cheaper because his plane tickets alone would cost you an arm and a leg. So he's not going to save you any money. But you say, I've never heard of Hieronimo. Exactly. And, 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 and you would never believe he's a great plumber because I've never told you about him and somebody, uh, there's people in this world that exist that you, that you would know nothing about, sometimes, in, especially in my life, I've grown up in church my whole life. I, I grew up from the nursery. I'm sure, without a doubt, as the preaching goes out into the nursery, before I could even speak, I'm sure that I heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank God for that. I'm grateful for that. But my point is this, it is hard for me to fathom and imagine a people that do not know who Jesus Christ is. I've said many times, when I've gone to Peru, uh, when we started our church, one of the things that, that blew my mind was people would come in and we'd give them Bibles because they did not have Bibles, and I would tell them, open your Bibles to the Gospel of John, and 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 they would open their Bible to the very first book of the Bible, to Genesis, and they would just page after page after page... and and they would get to Exodus and I'd say, let me give you a hint, it's in the New Testament. And as they would turn their Bibles, uh, they would finally make it to the Psalms. I'm, finally, I gave up on all of that and I said, turn in your Bibles to page number 345. They could find that. They didn't know where the Gospel of John was. They didn't know what the New Testament was. Every time I I would go to preach and I'd give a Bible illustration of Moses, I'd look out and I'd see the confused faces and I'd realize they don't know who Moses is. And I'd have to go back and tell the entire story of Moses and, and, and give the context of who Moses was. And what I'm saying is there are people around this world that don't have any knowledge of the Bible and of Moses and of Noah and of Joshua and of Jesus even. Many people have a, a small knowledge of Jesus and they know, oh well, yeah, we know that He came and He died on the cross and we celebrate that around Easter. And really, you and I, we say, wait a minute, no, it's the resurrection we celebrate. Yes, that's what we celebrate, but many people do not even know that. They think that Easter is all about the death of Jesus Christ. And what I'm saying is, they don't know. Sadly, here in America, in our country, hey, there are people right now who do not know who Jesus Christ is. The Bible says, How shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I'm just saying that, hey, right here in our country and right here in our town in Massillon and right here around us are people who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior and that's not to diminish from the countries that are around the world, because certainly there are a great number of people in Asia and all around the world who do not know Jesus Christ. I'm just making a point that, hey, there are a lot of people who don't have a clue who Jesus is. You say, well, that's a problem. Yes, it's a problem. The Bible says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? In verse 15 it says, And how shall they preach except they be sent? I've got three things under who will go. And the first one is, We must send them. Talking specifically about foreign missions. As we think about foreign missions, we have an obligation, we have a responsibility as a church to get the Gospel to the lost and dying world, and we have to send missionaries. And I want to explain to you, I want to break it down on how this works. It was said, it's been said a couple times this month, as missionaries, they go and they don't just show up at the gas station and the gas station attendant fills it up and, and, and says, well, you know what, you're missionaries, you don't know us anything, have a great day. It doesn't happen like that. The gas station attendant says, I don't care who you are, you just pumped $50 worth of gas, you owe me $50. And if you leave, we got your license plate and the police will pick you up down the road. They're not inter- They don't. The world is not responsible for getting missionaries around the world to the lost and dying world. Is the local church is responsible to get the gospel to the lost and dying world. And so we find that uh, he says, how shall they preach except they be sent uh, your monthly needs? Let me think about this. Let me break this down for you so that you can wrap your head around it. Now, I don't know. Everyone has different expenses and everyone's at different places in their life. But let me just ask you this. And and this is a rhetorical question. That means do not answer me out loud, okay? What does it take to make your monthly bills every month? Is it? $2,000? I'm talking housing, I'm talking food, I'm talking gasoline, I'm talking about everything that you cover in your household. Is it $2,000? Is it $3,000? Is it $5,000? I don't know. And it really depends on where you're at in your life and and, and, and what uh, your expenses are. And can I say that this morning, uh, a missionary's expenses are the same or more than what you pay. They still have to pay rent. They still have to pay for gasoline. They still have to pay their electric bill, their gas bill. They still have to pay uh, their cell phone bill. Uh, They still have to pay all of those normal living expenses that you and I have to pay. And and then on top of that, they have additional expenses such as airfare, uh, passports, and paperwork, and legal paperwork, and luggage. And oh my, how we had to buy luggage. Over and over again. Meals as they travel, and printing, and mailing, and ministry, and 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 many times, uh, I'm just saying they've got a lot of additional expenses that never even cross our mind, and I'm just saying they need supported, it. and it's a biblical concept. We don't have time to go there this morning, but uh, I encourage you, I challenge you, go to Second Corinthians chapter number eight and read verses one through seven, and at the last part of verse number seven, the Apostle Paul says, "See that ye." abound in this grace also. In other words, that you would give to missions. The church there, uh, he said, I I want you to understand about the Macedonian Christians and how they're poor and they don't have a lot of money, but they gave an abundant amount uh, to support and help other Christians and other ministries. And he says at the end of that, he says, see that ye abound in this grace also. And he's saying, hey, it's important to give so that you send and as you give, uh, and we, we have the commitment cards that we've been talking about all month long and we ask you to pray about them and, and, uh, and, and see what God would have you to do. And as those come in, we collect that amount so that we can figure out, well, how much are we going to be able to, to do for missions? How much can we support these missionaries? And, and how, how can we uh, add more missionaries to uh, what we're currently supporting and I'm just saying that we have to send those missionaries. That's on a practical side, where the rubber meets the road. That's how it functions. So you give and and we take, and then we send that, we disperse that to the missionaries. And and our goal that was in the bulletin, four thousand uh, will pretty much just uh, keep us where we were at we're, with missions. We've got to if we want to do more than that. Then, then we've got to collect more than that. If we want to be able to add more missionaries, then we've got to add to that. And so we as a church collectively must send missionaries. It says who will go, how shall they preach, except they be sent. Not only that, we must send them. But the second thing I want you to notice is that we must pray for our missionaries. Every missionary, every one of those guys in that video that we saw this morning said, Pray for us. Every missionary who has come through our platform this month has said, pray for us. 2 Thessalonians, we don't have time to go there, but 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul says this, finally brethren pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you pray for our missionaries I try to keep them before our eyes every Wednesday night, I, I bring the prayer letters in and I don't read the whole thing, but I try and highlight a few things, why? Because our missionaries need our prayers on a regular basis. It's not a once and done thing. It's ongoing. We get letters regularly and we call them prayer Letters. The reason is because in those letters they're saying, hey, this is something I want you to pray about. Many of them will have a small list off to the side. These are our prayer requests this month. Please pray for us. And as a church, we have a responsibility to pray for their ministry, uh, pray for their families, the missionaries themselves, pray for the message as we see there in 2 Thessalonians, that the word of the Lord may have free course and they'd be able to preach the, the gospel and those languages that they have to learn and know and know how to communicate to the people that are there. And verse 2, he goes on, and we don't have time to go there, but he says, uh, he says that the Lord would deliver us from evil men. Hey, listen, many times there, there are oppositions in the ministry. And sometimes on the mission field, that can be accentuated. It can be even more drawn out or more dramatic. Or, or many times it can be harder. And, and I'm just saying that we have got to pray that God would deliver that. We have to pray. We have to give. Because we must send missionaries. And He asks the question in our text, how shall they preach except they be sent? But I have one more thing. Not only must we... Give And not only must we pray, but lastly, I want you to notice as well, and how shall they preach except they be sent? We must go. Acts 1.8 says, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto Me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, we have to understand that we have to go. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to go to the Philippines. Now, if the Lord calls you, praise the Lord, we want you to go. I'm not saying you're going to go to China, but if the Lord calls you and opens the door, we want you to go. And so how do we practically as a church fulfill those things? And uh, and, and what we would do if... if uh, Austin, can you help me this morning? Would you help me? Brother, Brother Paul, can I ask you to help me? Brother Andy, I need one more. Now, I'll represent our church, okay? Brother Andy, since you're way over in that section, we'll call that Asia, all right? And I want you to just go stand in front of that section. Brother Paul, you'll stand in front of this section. And Austin, I want you to stand in front of this section. And, and I'm going to just say that this section represents our church. And while I'm preaching and while we're ministering here in Massillon, Ohio, we can't go to Asia where Andy is. We can't go to the Philippines where Brother Paul is. We can't go to... Pick a country, Austin. India. We can't go to India. I think that's in Asia, but I don't know. So India. We can't go to India, where where Austin is serving, and so but but they can, and so we're sending money. I don't have any cash. I'm kind of like a millennial. I don't carry any cash. So uh, we we give you money, give you money, and give you money, and we're praying that the Lord blesses the ministry there. And 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 uh, I forgot where you were at, Andy. Asia, yeah, and, uh, and Brother Jones in the Philippines, and, and Austin in India, and we're praying that God would bless their works as they minister to those people groups that we can't touch, that we can't listen to, that we can't minister to, but they can, and so we pray, and we give them funds, and enable them to do the work of the ministry, but we can't drop the ball here either. You understand what I'm saying? We have got to go and reach our people in our area if we want to continue. Because why? What happens if we don't reach the lost in Massillon, Ohio, and our church reduces its size, and all of a sudden, you know what happens? We start to lack finances. And we say, Brother Andy, we love you way over there in Asia. We're glad you're reaching the Asians, but we don't have the finances to continue. Brother Andy, you may sit down. We say, man, we just lost a light in Asia. We lost our effectiveness way over in Asia. We say, Brother Paul, we, we love you. We, we, we appreciate the ministry, but, but we've, we've come down to the fact that we don't have the finances. And you may sit down and, and we say, man, uh, we, we've got to do something. And you understand how those lights go out. Thank you, Austin. You may sit down. And I just want us to understand that if we don't go and if we don't reach the lost, Right here in our Jerusalem, we will no longer be able to send missionaries to the countries that they go to. We will no longer be able to continue to finance the efforts that are being done overseas, which we love and we support and we want to see those souls saved. And we, need, we have a biblical mandate to send those people overseas. But if we don't maintain our fires here at home, we will not be able to continue our ministry abroad. How shall they preach except they be sent? Listen, we want you in our church to reach the lost right here. We have tracks in the back. We have Easter invites. I, I, I've been putting them and promoting them. And, and this summer, Lord willing, uh, we're going to double down our, our visitation. We're going to go out twice a month and, and try and reach more doors and reach more people. And you say, Pastor, why are we doing this? We're doing it because we have to. For the survival of missions, for the survival of our church, for the survival of the gospel, to be obedient to the cause of Christ. How shall they preach except they be sent? And and we have a responsibility to get the gospel to the lost and dying world. It's not just a once and done deal. Who's going to go? It's a whosoever salvation. Who's going to go? Look with me in verse number, uh, verse number 16. No, go to, with, with me to verse number 18. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 18 says this. But I say, have they not heard? Verily, or yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. He's saying, hey, we've got a responsibility to get the gospel to everywhere. And we would look at that verse number 18, and he says, have they not heard? And the Bible says, yes, their voice went out into all the worlds. But wait a minute. What happened? What happened? They heard, but as you and I both know, people are born and people die Every single day. And those people that had the gospel, sometimes they don't all believe. Go with me to verse number 16. Look at what happened there in verse number 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. In other words, not everyone that heard believed or accepted And so we continually have to put out the gospel. And besides that, uh, we put out the gospel today and, and and tomorrow somebody else is born that didn't hear it the first time we got around to it. And as time marches on, and people continue to pass off the scenes, and new people spring up in the scenes, we have a responsibility to reach each and every one of those new generations that have come along, uh, who have popped up, who do not know about the Lord Jesus Christ, and who have not trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. And we have a responsibility to reach them, and that's just as true here in Massillon, Ohio, as it is in the Philippines, and as it. is in South America, and as it is in Asia, and Africa, and every other country, they continually die, and they continually pop up new generations, and they must be reached with the gospel. What I'm saying is, it's not a once and done deal. It's something that that has to be continued, to be worked on, continued to be, uh, to be um, a concern and a care and a burden in our life. I want to finish with this. As we see, uh, not only is it a whosoever salvation, and we see who will go, and we see a whole new generation that has popped up, but let me just mention this, that the ball has been dropped in America. America as far as reaching the gospel. Not just here in America, but you could really say around the world. You could really say as Christians, the ball has been dropped and and there's many people who do not know about Jesus Christ. And you know what? We could put our finger on a lot of things and say this or that or this or that. Can I tell you that's not going to help anything? The only thing that's going to help is when we take our finger... And we say, I am the fault. And we say, I will take the gospel to the lost and dying world. You don't have to go to the Philippines. You don't have to go to India. You don't have to go to Asia. You don't have to go to uh, South America. You don't have to go to Europe. You can go to the lost and dying world right here in Massillon, Ohio, and you should be. And it's If if I were to say, well, it's Brother Andy's fault, or it's Austin's fault, or it's somebody else's fault, what's that going to help? You can point out fault to anybody else. I called those two out not because they represented India and Asia, okay, not for any other reason. You could say, well, it's their their fault. What does it help if you put your fault on somebody else? It's not until we accept our own responsibility and we say, I have to do something about it. Not so and so. We like to remove it, we like to push it away from somebody else. That spotlight gets hot when it's on us, we like to shove that elsewhere. But if we don't accept responsibility and if we don't stand up and if we don't start to do something else, listen, we'll just continue generation after generation in spiritual decline with the gospel reaching far less people. How do you think England got to where they were, where they are today? Spiritually, they used to be the missionary house sending out missionaries to the world. I don't know, I'm not a prophet in the sense of prophesying and telling the future, but I, I'll be honest with you, I look at things and man, the Philippine, Philippines is exploding with the gospel. The Philippines is exploding with sending missionaries out. I'll just be honest with you. Maybe they'll be the next gospel center, but I'm not ready to let our light die here. I'm not ready to cover it up and hide it under a bushel. Hey, I want our light to shine bright. I want God's continued blessing on our country and on our city because we exalt the word of God and we exalt Jesus Christ and we are concerned about evangelizing the lost. We must accept the responsibility and we must take the challenge to do something about the fact that there are people who do not know Jesus Christ as their own personal savior, right here, so that we can continue helping our missionaries on their foreign field with every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet this morning. Father, we thank you for your passage, your word. God, how shall they hear? or How shall they preach except they be sent? God, I pray that you would help us burden our hearts reaching the lost with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, we have a great need right here in our country, right here in our town. And God, that's not to diminish the need of the Philippines or any other place because we have a great need there as well. But God, I pray that you'd help us to acknowledge our faults and to pick up our responsibility. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can and help us to reach the world with the gospel. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the hymn begins to play, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar is open. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You can be saved today. You can put your faith and trust in him. Maybe God's burdened your heart with reaching your neighbor or reaching your friend or maybe even just passing out tracts and being more faithful to get the gospel to the lost and dying world. You probably rubbed shoulders with somebody this week who does not know really why Jesus came. You might have bumped into somebody who doesn't know who Moses or Noah Is are we doing all we can to reach the world with the gospel, both here and abroad?